it's hard because it's deep seated, but it's so simple and straightforward. I mean, there's just no justification for gossip, right? Right. Negativity. Yes. Negativity is not a virtue. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron. I'll be the host for today's show. I'm joined in studio with my brothers and friends and all of the other good things that you could say about them. Dan oh. Dimite hey. and Aaron Richards. I actually only added that last part because I couldn't think of another word um, to fill in there. But if you're here with us, uh, you know what this show is all about. It's all about the idea that an encounter with Jesus always has to lead us to mission. When we encounter the Lord, we have to make the Lord Known and today we're going to talk about a, a sweet topic and uh, it leads unto mission. It also has a lot of encounter with the Lord contained in it. And before we get to that issue, why don't we just go ahead and, and launch in with prayer? So Dan, will you lead us in prayer? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we worship you and we adore you. We pray that you would, uh, you who are community, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would. Uh, lavish community upon your church, Lord, that you would unite us like you are united, that you would make us one like you are one. Lord, we pray that we would imitate you in everything we do, how we love, how we live, and how we exist together as church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so um, as uh, as Dan was alluding to in mm. that prayer, uh, what we're going to talk about today is Community. And so community, for those uh, who are listening, you might be like, hey, I, uh, it was a good intro prayer. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we didn't even know where we were going yeah. today until uh, you prayed it. at the beginning. Yeah, you did. But no, uh, the reason we want to address community today is because uh, a huge issue that is found in the church often, especially when you're working with young adults, is the issue of like having people alongside you that are pushing you and holding you accountable. And I, I think a lot of times in all of the ministry um, environments that we're in, we will hear something like, I just don't have people around me. Or like, I just feel like I'm doing this on my own. So we wanted to address that a little bit today. But maybe, do we want to like put some flesh on that? So when you guys, we've obviously been in conference season over the last mm -hmm. couple of months, we've been uh, in different ministry settings. And I'm sure we've heard things like that. How, how much that of the like Beyond it? Damascus listenership do you think you've seen face-to-face -face in the last two months? And a good question. Yeah, probably a decent amount. <laughs> I if hope you're listening to that. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, hopefully it goes wider. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I wonder, um, yeah, just what's your guys' experience like with that? Is that common for you just like it is for me? I mean, you can think of every single age group that we minister to and you hear the exact same thing. So high schoolers, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel all alone in my high school that no one else is Catholic, right? Whether they're in a Catholic high school or a public high school. Yeah. College students that we minister to, like, I feel like I'm the only Catholic on my university and I can't find fellowship. You talk to um, a, a business person or someone in the workforce, like, I just feel like no one that I work with mm -hmm. is living the same kind of life I'm trying to live. And you even talk to like stay at home Catholic moms and they're like, I feel so alone. Like, and I'm like, why don't you call another stay at home Catholic so mom? Yeah, and then you're yeah, not yeah. alone anymore. Right. But there's like this, it, it's, it's funny because this, this sense of loneliness in the church, whether you're a middle schooler, a high schooler, a college student, a young adult in the professional or an adult in the professional, a, a stay at home parent, mm there's loneliness is there mm -hmm. and the lack of community is, is there. And uh, a couple months back, we were even reflecting on the Gen Z population and how loneliness and isolation is a mark of this generation. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if yeah. it's not so much even a Catholic thing as it is like our predisposition is to, mm. to orient toward loneliness. Yeah. When it's not good for the man to be alone. Right. That, like, that, like, that like whenever, word. like whenever the Lord is creating man, man was made to be in relationship. Yeah. to be in common union. So the reason that I think uh, community has become such a um, common topic in the church is because the church is meant to be an antidote to all of the things that we're experiencing in the world. Yeah. And isolation and loneliness seems to be one of those things. Yeah, in my experience, like uh, whenever I'm working with missionaries, like uh, especially the applicants who are thinking about being missionaries at Damascus, I see myself, having the same conversation over and over again, which is something like this. Like I ask them why they're considering Damascus. And they say something like, well, there's so many people there that are wanting to live the way of life that I'm wanting to live. And it's like, that's so encouraging. I always push in a little bit more to make sure that they're not just coming so they can have community around them. But 
constantly I'm having that, yeah. that answer to that question. And so I think that um, we were talking before we came on air, a huge, uh, maybe a huge hole that we can see in the world is, uh, is just one of a way of life. Like um, the more that I see people pursue community, the more I see them pursuing a way of life, something that they can give their life to and have other people experience with. Because when we experience things alone, it's not as fun as when we experience things together. So I wonder in the area of community, like how have you guys pursued that in your life? What have been the, I don't know, the, the struggles, the challenges in, in finding community and, and understanding it and what have been maybe the successes and things that uh, the Lord's blessed you with? Yeah. So it, it, this is very interesting because the last, I would say the last uh, six months, I've been really thinking a lot about how, how to teach people to form community. Um, Only because like, I truly have heard it. Like I even hear from like priests, right? Who are like, I don't have any community. It's like, you have brother priest. Why aren't you reaching out to them? Well, they're too busy. They don't want to hang out. It's like, like I, I honestly think a lot of times the reason you don't have community is because you have failed to take initiative. Mm -hmm. Like you, and because you have failed to take initiative and because your brother and your sister have failed to take initiative, there's no community. And, and I I think of this because of the priest, right? The priests who feel isolated, have you taken initiative to start a small group together so that you break that isolation or the, the, the stay at home moms. Right. And I've seen this over and over again with stay at home moms too, where you literally, stay -at -home moms do you I, I, I know a ton of stay at home moms. Are you <laughs> because kidding me? So, so many of the kids come to camp, <laughs> right? Because moms change like, the world because yeah. they send their kids to church. Well, I'm related also, things. I'm married to a stay at home mom. Yeah, who yeah, also has point. friends, friends with yeah. stay at home moms. That's but, fair. And it's so funny because whenever there's isolation amongst them, I'm like, well, did you call each other? And like, it's, yeah. and it's always no. And yeah. it, like the mm -hmm. part of forming community and experiencing community is initiating community. And mm -hmm. I think even in the workplace, right? Like that it may not be like, okay, I've got this Catholic guy that like thinks exactly like me. And we, we go to mass together at mm -hmm. the same parish and we work together, but it could be like, all right, well, is there any, is there another Christian in your work environment who reads the Bible every day? Well, could you mm -hmm. read the Bible mm -hmm. once a week together before work and actually start forming community mm -hmm. with someone in your workplace based off of Jesus? Have and you, it's uh, always a failure of initiation. Personally, have you had ups and downs with that initiation? Like what's that look like for you? Oh yeah. So thanks for asking that. Cause yeah. I can blame everyone else and not look <laughs> yeah, at myself. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron could probably speak to this <laughs> first and foremost. I'll condemn the entire world. Yeah. And then I will. I, I I love alone time, and so we have a men's group that I often miss. <laughs> and uh, and uh, part of that is you heard it here first. Folks. Yeah, part of that is my failure to like engage in the text messages, engage mm -hmm. in the times that mm -hmm. they are fellowshipping. Um, well, you know, and, you know the so, other funny thing: all of our all of our meetings were scheduled. I think three years ago. I, well, <laughs> it's really, I know. They really sneak up on me. It's, no, it's ironic. It's the, the, what is it? The third Thursday of every month. And I swear, fourth I Thursday, preach every, <laughs> I preach every fourth Thursday of the month. <laughs> There's only 12 of them. So, so, but, so one of the, one of the keys to being able to initiate is leaving margins maybe yeah, hey, to pursue community. Well, and Aaron and, oh man, he's so passionate. They like, will do, I get, cause I'm invited every every Wednesday morning is at 6 a.m. The yeah. guys are getting together for a mm -hmm. discussion and uh, I see it and then I don't engage in it. And, <laughs> and I, I think that sure. is, and that's, if if you're looking for community and you're not finding it, you have to ask that question. Am I engaging mm -hmm. in it? And, or am I going into self-isolation? Yeah. And that's why I think I, I asked that question back to you and I'm interested in what you have to say too, Aaron, because I do think that can be our experience. We look and we say, okay, others aren't initiating with me. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, everybody, we should be initiating. And then when I look at me, it's like, whoa, I'm not initiating. Okay. Now I have to ask why, like, is there, is there something that I'm overdoing? Is there something I'm underdoing? Is it out of laziness or is it out of like not being able to find the, the room for it? But I think initiation is important. Yeah. I, you know, Dan, it's funny that you used yourself as an example. I'm a I'll, terrible I'll, example. I'll hesitate on <laughs> throwing me under the bus as I already well, did. You know, I think I think Dan, I, I I love you, and I think you I think you can grow in this. Um, Absolutely. And I also would say that that you know what's the purpose of community? Um, I, I think that in in some way, like mm -hmm. the purpose of community is because I need it. I need community, even when I try to say that I don't. Right. And the people that I'm trying to love need it. Mm -hmm. So. Like there's a, there's a, a, 
aspect of of self care and identity responsibility that mm-hmm. that I need to dive into this with. And I guess where I was going when I was bringing you up, Dan, is I need to trust that that you know what you need. Um, and so I, I think there's some of those invitations that it's okay for you to decline. I I also know having lived life with you for a long time, you don't always advocate for what you actually need, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. so maybe there's maybe there's more of that 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 you or I or anybody else need to just well, that's everyone to, to do it for yeah. the sake yeah. of for the sake of pushing myself in ways that I'm unwilling to mm-hmm. admit. Well, and often what we see as the as the necessity is that which we're working on ourselves, right? And I think that's what I love about the podcast is living life with you guys. When we come on here and we're speaking things out, it's like we're seeing this because I'm trying to implement it now, right? Yeah. I'm seeing it as a gap first here, and then I contextualize it and say, "Whoa, there's other people that could probably benefit from this." Yeah, because initiation is something I struggle with too. I think it's often because I, uh, I fill my life with a, with a more missional side of things. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's important and we need that in our lives, but finding that, that balance of, of all of the things that are required of us. Cause if, if the goal of the Christian life is divinization, the Trinity is a Trinity, you know, like yep. it, it actually, there's communion in what I'm becoming now yep. a communion internally, of course, like body, mind, soul, spirit, like all, all the like wholeness that I'm trying to build here. But a lot of the times I build that through seeing what other people bring to the table, which again was something we were talking about before we recorded. It's, it's important to know that community is, is greater than the sum of its parts. Yep. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think a lot of times the things we have to say are the things that we're working on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, it was, <clears throat> it's funny. I was with a, a group of guys the other day and I think we're we're abundantly blessed uh, mm-hmm. in our lives, right? And mm-hmm. I, I I understand that not everyone is as, as abundantly blessed. I mean, the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Columbus is a powerhouse right now, right? Mm-hmm. So like our mm-hmm. parishes are strong. There's community in our parishes. Uh, clearly, we live in a missionary community, so we have like all of our missionary brothers and sisters that we're like engaging in relationship with every day. We we were all involved in. Uh, St. Paul's outreach. And so like we have mm-hmm. college, we had community in college that was very intentional, very intense. And those relationships have maintained. And so we have all of this community in our life. And, um, but I think, you know, what you were saying, Aaron, is really interesting. Like what, what is the most life-giving community for you as well? Right. And mm-hmm. like, how do you engage in life-giving community? And I was with a group of guys the other day and it was, it was, it, it, it was a lot of like, I don't know, like kind of pestimistic faith sharing, right? Like, mm. like, woe is me type faith sharing. And I was just sitting there like, I want to stab my eyes out right mm. now. Like I am so bored out of my mind. I hope, I hope and, they're not listening. Right now. <laughs> and, um, and, and like, this is, I hear that. if you yeah. hung out with Dan in the yeah. last month, yeah. so, I'm not, <laughs> now I'm that not, I think about it, I I'm think I was there. Here. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I intentionally said it in a vague enough <laughs> no, way that you want to understand it. Yeah. And now you just drew more emphasis on it. Um, but I, I, actually, while we were doing that, I was thinking yeah. about like when we were at our mission staff retreat, like the guys were in the hot tub when we were smoking cigars and mm-hmm. making all kinds of jokes and like, but also engaging in like really deep theological thought and life questions and mm-hmm. back and forth. And mm-hmm. like just the difference between um, like, I don't know, like, wow, that was so life-giving and this wasn't life-giving and being able to say, okay, I need to seek more of this out and less of this out even though they're both kind of forms of community. Yeah, Aaron, I think you're really good at this actually because I've said this before that the community can't merely be commiserating. Mm-hmm. Like community yeah. is not let's come together and just talk about all the things that frustrate us and we'll call that our relationship. And uh, Aaron, I think that there's uh, an importance in, in like, it, just as important as initiating community is finding a community that is a speaking in a way that is upbuilding and honoring and pushing me forward and challenging me, but also celebrating me. Um, I wonder if you could speak a little because the culture of honor is something that we try to do so well here because we try to build community around right ordered speech, not not merely, you know, externally complaining and bringing yeah. others into it's, it. Right? It's such a simple. I mean, it's 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 hard because it's deep seated, but it's so simple and straightforward. I mean, there's just no justification for gossip, right? Right. Negativity. Yes. Negativity is not a virtue. Yeah. Idle talk <laughs> is not acceptable. So I, I was actually. Uh, I, I don't know if she would even remember this or if. <laughs> I, I presume she's still living a saintly life, but there was a woman in SPO in college who was giving a testimony one time. And I well, had, if you're a woman in SPO and you were giving <laughs> a testimony one time. We're just going to go no, back no, no, and no. forth. Like, we're just trying to pinpoint 
to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to honor okay, her. Okay, you two, pull it oh, down. You're okay. going to honor her. I'm oh, going shoot. to honor her. Yeah, yeah. Take it back. You can Man. play it again later. She was. Uh, she was sharing about uh, about gossip. She was teaching about gossip and formation, and she just indicated. You know, there was one occasion somewhere in high school or college or something where I was sitting in the midst of my friends, and I just made a decision. I'm just not going to speak gossip ever again. And it struck me for whatever reason, because I think it was the first time that I saw that decision as one that is, is as simple as any other discipline, right? That I'm just, I'm just merely not going to speak negatively. So, and, and certainly I, I'm, not, I'm not a saint in this regard, right? But because I made that commitment, like it was that day that I made that commitment, I'm, a word of gossip is not going to come out of my lips anymore. Now, every time it does or I'm tempted to, I have to admit, like, this is me violating a commitment that I've made. Yep. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. It, 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 you're more aware of it, and so you repent faster, and then you improve faster as well. Or, or I see it coming down the road, and I'm like, okay, that thing I'm going mm-hmm. to avoid. So, yeah, it, it's, it, positivity is a discipline. Right. Positivity is a funny word. And that doesn't mean... Charity mm-hmm. is a discipline. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean not being vulnerable. <laughs> right. Sure, and I think there is, there is a, a trend in... Catholic community where, or even just Christian community where, um, in my experiences, when you have something that you're wrestling together with and you're, mm-hmm. there's a formation program or a, for, a, a topic of formation in the, and there's vulnerability, there's growth yeah. when there's just, when there's, there's no real, like, uh, what are you experiencing right now? What mm-hmm. are you going through? Mm-hmm. And there's just kind of complaining is where there's not growth. And so it's that matter of, okay, we're, I'm I'm seeking to be formed to be better, and the guys I'm with, the girls I'm with, I'm I'm with mm-hmm. them to improve myself, and I'm gonna be vulnerable to open up that uh, those wounds so that I can get better. But when it's mm-hmm. just like let's gather together in small group, we do this every week, and let's talk about how things are going bad, mm-hmm. um, or how man I stink at doing my prayer time. I don't think that's it's it doesn't seem to be fruitful community. Well, and a principle in that needs to be my my willingness to change so that the outcome can change, right? So when I'm bringing, when I'm bringing a thought that might be considered negative or whatever, it, it, it's only so that I can have you help me figure out how to make it as positive as it should be, right? Like, and that's just a different mindset because the idle talk I was mentioning, right, that St. Francis de Sales writes about is just like when you're, when you're talking without an aim of what that talk could then be implemented uh-huh. to do, right? Yep. And so like, I, I have seen that in my life where, you actually just kind of like get together and it feels good to be heard. It just feels good to be heard. But when I'm not only heard, but also like invested in by someone challenging that lens that I'm taking into that assignment or someone saying, right, it actually seems like it's this thing. And it's like, oh, that's actually amazing, right? Because there's something about bringing it to people who can help you make it different. But if yep. you're just bringing it idly so that you can like, just get it out there, then you're welcoming someone else into your mess in a way that's not actually beneficial for you or for them. Yeah. Right. And so uh, that, that's some things on the personal front, I think, as, as I've been listening, because I know here at the beginning, we're just kind of kicking the can around of like our experience of community. It, it sounds like in, in pursuing community, we've, we've seen there's areas where initiation is needed, yeah. but not necessarily being taken. That can be with us and with people around us. I think that I'd agree with that. There's community that we settle for, that is simply a community of commiserating or a community of um, similar hobbies or interests, right? Like we can settle and say like, we're just going to do this because it feels right. Now, again, none, none of that is necessarily mm-hmm. completely out of the realm, right? Because I can get together and have something on my heart that I, I'm like sharing from a place of, I don't know, like a misery or struggle yeah. that they can help me. And so it's not that any of that's off track. It's just that that's not the fullness of what community is supposed to be. And I, I think for uh, for any of you guys listening, what we want to do today is kind of wrestle with a, a principle that you may have heard me talk about in a, in a previous um, recording we had here at Beyond Episode Damascus. 136. I don't actually know which one it was, but uh, I don't we, know we how were, many episodes we, we had. Were, we were, good question too. So we got to like take notes. I'm like, here's the things we need to look up. But um, we were throwing out the idea that community has to exist in a way that is out in and up. And I think that like to, to tear that apart a little bit, like it, it needs to be a, a missional community. So even earlier, I was saying that a, a reason I haven't been investing in community the way I want to is because I'm always doing mission, but that's implying that the mission that I'm doing mm-hmm. is actually not 
either partaking in or seeking community around it. Okay. And so that is something in my life that I, I have to look at, right? That uh, the mission that I'm in actually has people around it. I can welcome people into it, that, but we can save that conversation. But, but the out is missional. The in is investment, right? And it, it's the building up of those that you're in community with. So the out is the community building up the world around it. The in is building up and investing in the community there. And then the up is the direction, the, the life that's coming from the Lord. So maybe breaking that down in order, when you guys look at community, um, what's your experience been in the church of finding community in the out? Obviously, that's what we focus on here the most is the missional component. Um, why is mission so critical to community? I mean, so as because uh, I've been wrestling with this question how how do you how do you help people grow community? Yeah. I, I think the I think out is the way that you attract people to community. Um, mm-hmm. The people are naturally attracted to doing something and winning at something, mm-hmm. right? So you have natural community on a sports team because you have an outward purpose that you share together and you want to be great at it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that you're willing to sacrifice, suffer, lay your lives down. So that you have excellence. And when when you have an outward focus hmm. and you desire excellence in it, community is naturally going to come around you. The good kind of community, the people who want excellence as well. If you have an outward focus, but you don't desire excellence or you're not pursuing excellence, hmm. then yeah, you may not get excellent people around you, right? Hmm. And and I think sometimes the um, if you're if you're hungry to grow community, what do you what is your deep purpose? Like if you want the state championship in something, what is it? And it mm-hmm. really doesn't matter. It could be a, a parish mission, and people are going to get behind you for that, and they're going to walk alongside of you with that. It could be a Habitat for Humanity house, and people mm-hmm. are going to get attracted to that and get behind you. And I think sometimes if you're struggling to find community, the question is, okay, have you found those outward areas? Mm-hmm and plugged mm-hmm. into them, or have you invited mm-hmm. people? And maybe you just keep inviting people into a small group, the in, 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 mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and people aren't naturally attracted to that yet. So maybe start mm-hmm. inviting them to the out. Like, hey, I'm a college student and I really, I, I want community and I've been inviting people to the prayer meeting, at, at, but no one's going, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm frustrated. I'm lo- Well, try something else. Invite them to build a house. And maybe mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. in college are like, more attracted to the idea of Habitat for Humanity and building a house together. And that's going to be the, the mm-hmm. launching pad for fellowship yeah. or even outward of just saying, let's go play Frisbee and mm-hmm. do something together. Right. Like, yeah. but, uh, Purpose. that, that yeah. Out like activity, mm-hmm. activity mm-hmm. builds community. Yeah. And uh, building really- towards something together. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That, that's yeah. That's so big because purpose, it definitely has changed my life. Like all the things that I look at in my life from, grade school all the way through now, I've always been drawn to building something. Yeah. And I think all of us are in some way, you know, because a, a purpose gives you, I, I don't know, a purpose gives you purpose, right? Like it gives you some <laughs> reason to do the thing. Can we doing. quote that more often? Yes. A purpose gives you a purpose. That's right. Yes. <laughs> a, a purpose gives you purpose. The personal kind. You know, I, I wonder why is it that we, that we have this show? It's, it's because... It's because Christians who are trying to live their life devoid of mission are going to come up empty-handed. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? right. So, so we've we've got to demonstrate and invite others into that reality. And I think I think what you're saying is the same thing as it applies to community. Yeah, that that in order to try to build a Christian community that that's devoid of mission is going to ultimately lack purpose and and it's not going to be fulfilling, right? Yeah, it, because because you're missing you're missing half of your identity. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm thinking back to all of like, like you were saying, Dan, all the communities that I've, that I've seen people be a part of that have struggled when they're created just for the sake of connection. Yeah. And it always ends up dissatisfactory Yeah, because, because truly that's not what we're made for. Right. You know, it's, it's encounter and mission. Um, and I, I suppose you can take it on the other, other end as well. The other end of the spectrum, if, it, if, if all you're doing is a, a service group, right. That, sure. But I even think there that to meet as a service-oriented mm-hmm. group or community, mm-hmm. the tendency is that connection then comes as a fruit of it. Whereas I, mean, I don't think the other is necessarily self-evident. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just look at um, Knights of Columbus are a great example. They mm-hmm. just do mm-hmm. tons of volunteer hours together. And they from that, they start building fellowship with guys in the parish that they didn't uh, initially experience. And then I think you could ask that question. Okay. You guys are out. Right. Yep. And that 
but are you sufficiently in and up as well? Mm-hmm. So like, it's not just the one or the other. And like, uh, there's, there's these great service oriented groups that maybe are very out, but then they, f- they, they lack in the in and the up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was, uh, as you were saying that Aaron and, uh, adding to it there, Dan, I, I was thinking, I, I just gave a formation actually this past week to our, our second year missionaries. And, I was going back to Evangeligatium, uh, the, the joy of the gospel, and just like looking at the the different things that are suggested there. And it, it's so amazing because the the premise of that book is that the church was actually designed as a people around a mission, mm-hmm. the salvation of the world, that Jesus like actually like saves us and saves the world and wants the church to gather around the salvation of the world and be the salvation of the world. Like Like the whole book is just like, hitting that in different ways. And I was thinking back to this quote, and this is um, obviously from Pope Francis, um, but we also talked about uh, in one of our episodes about how Pope Benedict like had a hand in this as well. But they're quoting John Paul II here. Um, and, and this is what they say. John Paul II asked us to recognize that there must be no lessening of the impetus to preach the gospel to those who are far from Christ, because this is the first task of the church. Indeed, today, missionary activity still represents the greatest challenge for the church, and the missionary task must remain foremost. Hmm. What would happen if we were to take these words seriously? We would realize that missionary outreach is paradigmatic for all of the church's activity. Along these lines, the Latin American bishop stated that we cannot passively and calmly wait in our church buildings. We need to move from a pastoral ministry of mere conservation to a decidedly missionary pastoral ministry. Like it's just it's like mm. it's just right there that like there's something about casting the vision that Jesus cast and welcoming people into that. Like get outside of yourself. Be a gift. Go out and pour yourself out. You did not come to be served but to serve and to give your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we can sell that, people are attracted to that. Like almost every sect of the church that's growing is asking that in some way, shape, or form, right? And every aspect of the world that's asking that is growing in some way, shape, or form. Like you see the ideology in America that's growing. What's it saying? Give your life to this. Let it be the answer to all of the things that you're asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus actually is the answer to all the questions you're asking. So there is, there is a, um, a motivational aspect to that, an inspirational aspect to that. Um, what do you guys think about that? I, those words from Francis are insane, but. It's just built into our DNA. Yeah. Right, so so we're 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 seeing something that's true to the human to the human nature, uh, built in the image and likeness of God, and and we're calling it out, mm-hmm. which is great. And I, I do love when you know those those moments in time, in history, and culture where you see an alignment of mm-hmm. like activism is very close to mission. Uh, yeah, and right. and right. and you see it portrayed in a way that that is seeing as men do and not as God does, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it, it can tend to can yeah. tend to be a, a little dis, mm-hmm. disoriented. Yeah, can be counterfeit, right? Um, it can be. But, but it speaks to something of human nature. Correct. Right, it speaks to, it speaks to who we are. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you talk about counterfeits a lot, actually. That, that was one of the first messages I ever- Dan. Thanks. This is the Dog Dan episode. No, I'm trying to honor you. No, but, sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, one of the first messages I ever heard you give, like actually it, it moved my heart because you were talking about how the world counterfeits that which we were made for all of the time. Yeah. All the time. And I think to, to Aaron's point, that, that can be a reality with activism is it's actually in the absence of mission, I want to be caught up into something and so I'll get caught up into that. And mm. it can actually be a counterfeit to that, which we were made mm. for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you, you look at all kind of the modern movements that are anti-gospel. They're, they're, they are. They're motivated by this like communal impulse to do the good, mm-hmm. right? Like it's mm-hmm. like the LGBT movement is this deep community that's motivated to do the good, even though their the understanding yep. of the good is is wrong right mm-hmm. but the it's it's always motivated to do the good and it and it draws and i you know i think if we take a, a stance in the catholic church which so often we we run the risk to do to have a pessimistic mindset of victory mm-hmm. um or the oh i guess more of a pessimistic mindset of defeat right yeah, sure, like right, oh well right. like 
we're just losing and losing and everyone's leaving the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And, but we don't have a herald of victory that like, no, we're going to win this war. We're going to actually like get God is at at move right now. And things are Mm -hmm. happening. Um, People aren't, they don't want to join a losing team. Mm -hmm. And so if our, if from our tongue is that we are losing and that's all we speak is that we're we're Mm -hmm. a bunch of losers. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. Like, all right, great. I'm not, I'm not joining that team. But if we understand the hope and the glory of Jesus Christ, and we understand the victory of Jesus Christ, and we profess the good news, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we're living life and good news, and we're able to testify to the good things God's doing, people are attracted to that, and they want to join that team. And I think mm-hmm. community grows not around pessimism and a defeatist mentality. Mm-hmm. Community will grow around um, hope for God to, to move and an understanding, a true understanding of the good news of the gospel. Yeah, I've seen that before too. I, I was talking to a, a few of our um, missionaries who were coming in and they were they were just dealing with some stuff in their personal lives. And we were we were talking a lot about just just spiritual warfare and just like how how hard it's been. And it was funny for me because I I just felt I've just felt primed to to speak about the victory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and it was interesting because I do think there is an element of our humanity. This is probably in the fallen sense where we tend to rally around explaining away the hard than explaining in the, the uh, whatever, whatever the like opposite of that is. So like, like uh, the example I'm thinking of is like, whenever, whenever I'm, a, whenever I'm at, a, at a crossroads in my life, and I'm being challenged, there's two ways to kind of look at it. I, I can look at it and like, look at all the things that are being stacked against me, mm-hmm. right? I can talk spiritual warfare, the evil ones just doing these things in my life. Or I can say like, I mean, I'm on the precipice of something, right? Like if I'm here, like the Lord's never far from me. And so I can actually have an excitement about finding him here. And I think to your point, Dan, like the, the missional aspect gets me outside of myself and gets me to see like, no matter where I'm at, I can go find him. Mm-hmm. And I can, as, as I'm like going out and finding him, I can bring others into the great mystery of finding him, right? Yeah. That missional impulse, if we lose that from community, then we lose the church. And, and I do think that's what we see in, in, even in the book that we all like Christendom to apostolic mission. Like that's what, that's, there was a gift in Christendom. There was a gift in that, wow, like God is a common reality for all of us. So we can speak a common language. Christendom though, sometimes could hold to its laurels and get a little too settled and not sell the adventure in the yeah. out as much. And then what eventually happened is a decline and the people participating. And then we had to relearn, like, what were they doing at the beginning, right? And um, yeah, so there's something about the out. Uh, we'll come back and we'll piece them all together, but that's one of the the legs of the three-legged stool, right? It's the out. The other is the in, right? The in, the idea that um, in community, we need to invest in each other, right? And, and Dan, you were amazing at sharing this with me. I, I had given a message at our Empower Conference, and I shared some things happening in my life that I hadn't shared with Dan yet. I hadn't given him the opportunity to invest in that. And there was actually a, uh, probably a disservice, right. Of like, uh, of like the brotherhood that, yeah. and Dan came to me and he's like, I really would have loved to have been praying for that. And it was like, Oh, that's awesome actually. Cause I'm missing something in the end, but can we talk a little bit about the end, like investing mm-hmm. in one another, building up each other, holding yeah. one another accountable. Why is that important? Well, I've shared earlier that, you know, there's a part that needs to fill me. And there's also a, there's a justice that I, that I owe to another and uh, you know, that, justice and charity are tied mm-hmm. that, that I, I need to be, I need to be taking a daily assessment of, mm-hmm. of how do I best love and serve the people around me. Yeah. And, um, and oftentimes that, well, most times that's going to be putting yourself in a place that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I will align myself with Dan, right? You know, that it, it's not always comfortable for me to mm-hmm. go and to reach out, but I know that I have to. So I've created discipline around it in my life that like, yeah. I, I, I need to, when I think of somebody, I think, oh, I wonder how that's going. Like, mm. I know that I need to pick up my phone immediately yeah, yeah. And, and to text that person, right? Mm-hmm. And God always humbles me. This happened just two days ago. <laughs> I was thinking about somebody and I decided not to act on it. And of course, the next day she, she reached out to me. Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah, you yeah, jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I find that, and my wife is such a such a beautiful witness to this, um, that she's really pushed me to to grow in in being better at this. But like, I I just I just need to hold myself accountable mm-hmm. to to asking yep. 
how can I love another person? Mm -hmm. That always makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. How can I go out of my way to schedule time with you, to mm -hmm. reach out to you, to, mm -hmm. to make a to make a date, to make a mm -hmm. to make a time for conversation? Um, yeah. Because because that's what human beings need to right. to be in relationship. Yeah. Relationship has to has to require relating, you know? <laughs> and so in order to relate, we need time because that's just yeah. how we are. No, that's that's really good. I um I what what's been fascinating me. It, well, even what you said there, Aaron, right, is that you're in relationship with Monica and she's the one holding you accountable to do, like there, there's accountability that's had in different ways. Yeah. What, what I love about the in is that the, the in is that which um, provides both the processing for and the impetus for the out. So the reason that we can't lose mission is because when I come back from mission and I'm like, man, I am a mission and I know I'm called to do this with my life, but I'm, I'm failing in these areas. Community is, is, is there to be like, hey, actually, dude, you're, you're, you're doing it well here. Here's something you can do a little different, right? And it also gives me the impetus like mm. in the community of like, and you should go out again. Like you shouldn't stop. And there's this like yeah. reciprocation where they're holding me accountable to doing what I was made to do. And we yeah. talked about that mm. on an episode two of, of Francis's words of like, you are a mission. You, like that, that, that's what you mm -hmm. were made to do. Like you were actually made- yeah. That's a good word, Brad. For that, and, right? And I think I don't want that to pass by without maybe, you know, I just, I feel that striking home for a lot of people who might be listening who have felt exhausted by mission. Mm. Like if, yeah. if, if you feel like you've been through, yeah. Yeah. Uh, through the ringer and that, and that you're exhausted and that the stuff you've been trying hasn't been working, um, maybe, maybe let, let this be an invitation yeah. that uh, what, what you're missing is a conversation. What you're missing is a relationship, is, is mm -hmm. a friend to be able to walk with that, walk through that with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So seek it out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And here's the, uh, here's the, here's the quote there too. So this was um, Pope Francis. He was, he was speaking at World Mission Day, actually. And, uh, and, and this is what he says. He says, every man and woman is a mission. That is the reason for our life on this earth. To be attracted and to be sent are two movements that our hearts, especially when we are young, feel as interior forces of love. Attracted, sent, mm -hmm. right? Isn't that amazing? The, the in and the out. More than anyone else, young people feel the power of life breaking in upon us and attracting us. To live out joyfully and responsibly for the world is a great challenge. And he goes on and at the very end, um, and any of you can read this again, it's, it's his message from World Mission Day. He says, each one of us is called to reflect on this fact. I am a mission on this earth. That is the reason why I'm here in this world. And when I realize that, I'm like, I, but I can't discover that on my own. Like, I don't, yeah. you guys have helped me so much in my life, realize the mission that I am. And if that's the reason I was made, I want to find that out, right? And I don't know how you would find that out without the investment of, of those who can see you often more clearly than you can see yourself. If we're being honest, right? What about you, Dan? With, with the in the investment, the yeah, accountability. I'm just, I'm, my my heart is for those that don't have community, and I think the I wonder if um, vulnerability and honesty is a pathway to establish it from the get go. And so, you know, if if you're in a secular workplace and you know there's a Christian there and but you don't know much about who they are, what they stand for and they're ha you haven't really had a faith conversation to maybe start that by simply saying, "Hey, I'm having a hard time living my faith at work." Um, can you relate to that? And and letting them into your own process it it it, it can create something that like I think sometimes we want to act like we have it together mm -hmm. to establish. And I think that mutual investment of each other, I mean, the perfect image of community is the Trinity. And mm -hmm. so the Trinity is perfectly inward and perfectly outward at the mm -hmm. same time. And it's, it's actually mind boggling how, how deeply inward they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet how deeply outward they are. Yeah, and, right. but it's, they, I don't know. I don't want to put human emotions on God, um, but they they console each other to to a large extent in their missionary activity. As you're saying, Aaron, like if you're tired from mission, well, like I mean, the son doesn't do mission by himself. He has the Father and the Spirit, and the the Father doesn't do mission by himself. He has the Son and the Spirit, and they they their love within mm -hmm. the dynamism of of who they are as triune God is what gives like 
it, it's they're they're not isolated. <laughs> and yeah. like it's not the sun's sole job to get us back, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh it's their huh. their community that's doing this together and I think that they've they console each other. They uh, you know, you see Jesus like rendering his heart open to the Father. And mm-hmm. I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I uh, those are my favorite moments of of community when you're yeah. you're rendering your heart to one another mm-hmm. and you're like we're in this together no matter what. That's a that's a neat theological reflection even Dan that you know the closeness that you see expressed in the trinitarian in the in the trinitarian mission um mm-hmm. that like that Jesus is the father's word like it's not that we're we're hey we're partners like we believe the same word mm-hmm. uh and and that the holy spirit is the person of love like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that there's a, there's there's such an intimacy that the mission itself is shared um mm-hmm. in a way that's truly interdependent yeah yeah i i was i was thinking about that too it's there, there is something so humbling for us as humans in admitting that we are dependent on another, right? So like, even those of us who are most gifted or have an ability to be successful in an avenue with our own gifts, strengths, whatever, there, there comes a time at which dependency will always get you farther than independency. It's just, it's just the way that we were made. There, there's always going to come a time at which my limit is reached. And the only way by which to transcend that is to first recognize what the limit is, how to surpass it. And I can't do that just in a mirror. Like, like in, and again, not, not, not putting the human reality on God, but, but God, because he's Trinity and he's trying to make us in his image and likeness as greatly as we possibly can, right? Like, taking us back to what he intended for us from the beginning. Like he wants us, he wants us to know dependency so that we yoke to one another in that deep way. And I, I have struggled for, for so many years in having been successful in things I've done by myself, but then coming to a place where it's like, I can keep just writing this out and let people recognize how good I am at these things, but I'm recognizing that I'm hitting limits. And the only way to get past that limit well, there's two options, I guess. I can either stay at that limit and convince everybody else just to focus on all the other things, or I can be honest about that limit, bring it to people that I know love me and that I know I love, <laughs> and, and allow that to make me better for the mission I was made for, or else I might miss the purpose of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that there's, some, there's just the investment there is rooted in an understanding of dependency. Yeah, and uh, you can use mission for a variety of things too, sure. like the, you're just your vocation, like, right. you know, like oh, 100%. That, that support, the interdependence on other people to, to flourish at your vocation yes. is so important. Well, even the hermits. So there was, I was actually, uh, I was pushed in on at a, uh, a conference recently on the understanding of just the, the need, the need for others and, and not the need for just personal pursuit of virtue and relationship with God, but the need for others. I was just someone was just questioning a line of thinking that I had. And I was like, okay, let me, I'll take this and then think about it. Cause he was using the image of a hermit. And I went and I was reading like, uh, I don't even remember what hermit was. I was just like doing some basic research. Just read and, hermits all the time. No, never actually <laughs> ever. Uh, but like, uh, I don't eat, oh man, I wish I could, but it, it, it doesn't, it, it would make it better, but it's not word. necessary. But like there, there, there was, so there was, yeah. a, there was this man who was writing and he was writing from a place of isolation where he, he felt like the Lord had, had asked him to live in this way. And he was writing about his deep friendship with all of these saints. And I was like, no, we are made for community. Like we are made for dependency. Mm. And this guy knows it in a different way than I do. Yeah. And I don't even know how to fathom how close he was talking about his friendship with these saints was. Like I, I, I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And, uh, but I was like, no, that's actually a beauty of Catholicism too. That even those who are isolated have this great, and maybe that's an access point for those people that you're talking about, Dan, that you have such a heart for. It's like, maybe you haven't found a group that, that's wanting to commit with you to the things that you're wanting mm-hmm. to commit to. Like, don't think that you're the first one to ever encounter that. And know that like the church triumphant is there. That like, I wonder what Paul felt like when he was shipwrecked or mm-hmm. when he was isolated in prison. Like there are people we can relate to in our circumstances that are just as real as we are and like, and can actually help us. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm not saying for us as the lay people to replace all of our relationships with that of saints. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, don't allow yourself to be discouraged, right? Take heart. 
Well, there is. I mean, the story of the soul is a great example of that too. Therese talks about like in, in her childhood years there, she didn't have friends at school and she starts relating to the fact that she found such friendship with the communion of saints. And it's like the communion of saints. Interesting, right? The community. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's, it's like, we like to the extent that it was like, I didn't in the absence of friends at school, Mm -hmm. I actually had friends and Mm -hmm. like she experienced real friendship with the saints. And and it's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful uh, understanding that like, yeah, if God has you in a place where it's just not there, like dive into that. Yeah. And, I, I, I and yet, I haven't, ex- and there yet, like yeah. it, you don't have to like chalk yourself up to having to do something for the rest of your life. It's good to recognize reality, but not allow yourself to buy into something that's not true. Like I can recognize, okay, maybe right now, and maybe those listening, Aaron, you mentioned that earlier. Maybe you're listening. You're like, I, I feel so burnt out on mission. Oh, I don't have people around me, but do I even have people around me? Maybe your realization to your point, Dan, and your heart is like, Oh, okay. Well, let's start engaging with the saints, obviously with the Lord, like personal prayer life being presumed here, like begin, begin relating to these human beings. And I think you should talk to them out loud in public for all the sure. Time. Yeah. I think well, that would really That's, help the out. That would help. It, Mission it, would be great it, if we were all wackos speaking on it, street corners. It will help nothing. attract people yes, to you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. No, I no, please. So we're going to cut that part out in uh, <laughs> okay, the post. But no, sorry. honestly, so out and in, we got those two. I want to talk a little bit about up and then I want to talk about putting them together. Okay. That's what I want to do at the end. So we've talked a little bit about out the absolute need for mission and community. We've talked about the end, the absolute need for accountability and investment in community and then the up. Right. So I, I, I think this is critical because this is one thing I saw in the church um, prior to being involved in the apostolates I've been involved in since is a lot of times I saw like, Whoa, actually they do really love each other and they are serving the poor. But I, I missed the transcendent in it. You know, like I missed the call to like something outside of myself or something bigger, the wonder, the all, right? The, the up, this, this relationship with God Almighty who, who brings me out of my mundane here and now. Um, so I don't know if that's been your guys' experience, but let's just ask the same question we did on the other two. Why is the up critical for community? Well, I mean, the up is what makes community Christian community. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, the, simple answer. Yeah, I mean, it's not Christian community if, if it's not following Jesus. And I think it's really important that, you know, as we're pretty disciplined in examining amongst ourselves is making sure that um, we're, we're following Jesus. We're not asking Jesus to follow us, right? That it's truly a matter of, okay, we have this community together and we're not inviting Jesus in as an accessory to our, com- our community. Yeah. Like I have community and I, I have these friends and Jesus is the accessory, but that we mm-hmm. are actually a community that is following him. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in order to follow him, we have to go where he calls us and we have to live his lifestyle. And so mm-hmm. it's a matter of allowing that community to wrestle with and to understand what does it mean to live like Jesus and not, grow complacent and to cry out to God for more and to, mm-hmm. to worship him and to love him. And, and I think there's this, like, it's, there's gotta be formation. There's gotta be a real element of like, I desire human growth together mm-hmm. uh, or we desire human growth together. Yeah, I agree. Aaron thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I, I go back to, um, you know, John, John chapter five, verse 19, that the son of man can do nothing on his own, but what he only what he sees the father doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I think we can we can try to come up with a pretty good counterfeit, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're we're not going to be fulfilled, and we're not going to be we're not going to be effective if we're right. not truly orienting our hearts toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, not to say that not to say that what Damascus has is uh, you know we we don't necessarily have the secret sauce here, but I think that sure. one of one of our commitments is that we just, we ruthlessly pursue, we zealously pursue mm-hmm. the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that we, we need to make wonder and awe a daily experience mm-hmm. of our prayer mm-hmm. and to a, to a point of discipline. I mean, I, I walked in on our, um, I walked in our, our missionaries today gathering for intercession and they, they, we, they intercede with our whole heart 
heart, mind, body, mm-hmm. right? And I, I walked up to him and I was like, what, what are we interceding for today? <laughs> yeah. And he said, oh, we have, a, we have a hospitality group this weekend renting, you know, renting one of our buildings. We're interceding for their, for their yeah. mission and success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and part of me was like, seriously? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. There's somebody renting a space from us from and, us, we're, and, and we're, we've, we've gathered 60 of the, you know, finest missionary hearts in the state of Ohio and they're, they're actively, vocally, heart, right. heartfully interceding. Yeah. Like, uh, that that just builds in you a heart a heart for the Lord. It does. Right? It, well, it changes you. It changes you. Like I I, I was uh, I, I gave an exhortation at the at the seat conference during our worship night, right? Yeah. Because we have such a heart for praise, such a heart for worship. And one thing the Lord was was drawing me to is that we always proclaim that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Like he he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we come into worship, something's changing, and it's not him. <laughs> like, I, like, cause I'm, cha- I'm changing. Like I'm, I'm changing because I'm in right order Amen. To, Amen. to him. And, and I, uh, you, you two were in that, uh, meeting with me where I was, uh, one of uh, our amazing mission staff members here. Her name's Megan. She has been, uh, just like leading up our missionary so beautifully. And she's been asking this question about Sabbath. And like We were wrestling with it and you and, uh, you two came into that meeting with us to really just kind of wrestle with this. And one of the scriptures in that uh, was Psalm 127 that, uh, that this beautiful invitation that yet it, it does have to be him, right? Like he wants to do it through us. There's no question. Like the out is not dispensable. Yeah. And the end's not dispensable. The up is definitely not dispensable and it transcends, which is why I want to kind of work back and then ask one question. But Psalm 127, it, it says this, it's just the beginning. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build. Mm-hmm. Unless the Lord guard the city, in vain does the guard keep watch. It is vain for you to rise early and put off all your rest at night to eat bread earned by hard toil. All this God gives to his beloved in sleep. Like, like God has this thing. Like he, he mm-hmm. wants to work it through us, but don't mistake that it's you, right? He wants to do it through you, but it is him. And so that, that up is so critical. And that is the three-legged stool, this, this out, in, and up, right? And, and when we look at it in the order of like priority, actually like backwards, right? That when we recognize like the call of God, right? For us to become like him, we know that we need to yoke to people who are also wanting that because we need to be a community. And then from there, we go out, which brings us back in, which brings us back out, which makes us know we're dependent and the out, in, and up serve each other. So um, maybe some like final reflections for anyone listening who's like, okay, all of this sounds great, right? Like it sounds great that I need to work on initiating and figuring out what that looks like. And it sounds great that I need to find community that isn't just commiserating, but using their language appropriately. And, um, and I know that mission's important and I know that accountability and investment's important and I know God's important, but they're listening and they're saying, okay, what's the next step here? Maybe, maybe we can speak first to those you, that you had on your heart, Dan, who don't have community. And then maybe we can end with just some words for people who are in community and can take it a little bit and then we can close. But let's start with, if you don't have community and you're hearing this. Yeah, I mean, I think the next step is to do one thing out, one thing in and one thing up. And mm. so like first go up and maybe do a novena praying for community, mm. right? Yeah. And, um, and then secondly, uh, go out, take, it, take initiative and just call someone and put yourself out there. And then thirdly, go in like, be be vulnerable and ask someone to to dive into a tough conversation with you. I, I think that's good. I mean, it's it's not. I I hate it because it's not rocket science, right? You just right. have to do it. And do. so it's like I remember, you know, at one point, and I, I very rarely struggle to have to have enough volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think there's, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of people struggle to have volunteers in their missional work, right? And I remember one point yeah. I was. I was like, I, I need a couple more guys on our core team for youth mm-hmm. ministry. And so I just, instead of sitting in the front row at mass, I started to sit in the back row of mass and I started to like realize, oh, there's guys here that are at mass mm-hmm. and, and every day consistently. And I see that they're diving in, like they're pursuing the Lord in a, in a way that's similar to the way I pursue the Lord. And so then I would just, after mass, approach them and be like, hey, this mm-hmm. is super weird, but I've noticed the passion on your heart the last few weeks mm-hmm. at daily mass, like, do you want to grab a coffee sometime? And those like multiple times that led to a new guy joining our core team and getting yep. on mission with us. And so mm-hmm. it's just a, like, do something to take initiative and uh, it's uncomfortable and it feels a little weird, but it's better than like being 
lonely. It's better than having that, that, <laughs> that, well, that same issue one year later where it's yeah. like, hey, it's a year's passed and I, I still feel alone. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? Um, my reflection is that if, if you're not growing, then you're falling behind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you're not stepping out and stepping out of your comfort zone and, mm-hmm. and really trying, again, to zealously pursue the, the practice, the gifts of the spirit, right? So that we can, so we can love and upbuild the church, mm-hmm. um, then, then we're going to miss out. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times we, we find ourselves uh, resting in our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, my community, and again, I love them. Like my community is my men's group at church. My community is my women's group at church. My community yeah. is the, the annual men's conference mm-hmm. or women's conference, right? If, if that's the only thing that we're consistently doing, mm-hmm. uh, what filled you yesterday won't fill you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there's opportunity. Uh, there's, there's ample opportunity. You know, okay, there's apostolates who are focusing on taking ministry to the streets. There's apostolates mm-hmm. who are focused on, okay, if, if a weekend was, was good, if a summer was good, then what about, what about two years? Mm-hmm. You know, what about making a yes that, that, that costs something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you can't, you can't get mm-hmm. lazy in this thing. You can't. No, I would say the same thing. I, I, I echo what both of you said. And just on your point there, Aaron, I think that's what I want to speak. Like if, if you're listening today and you ha- haven't had um, the community that you're looking for, I, I want to invite you to let go of your excuse. And I mean that with the most love that there could be. Like for some of you, you might be like, I don't know anyone that thinks exactly like me. Well, you're not going to find anyone that thinks exactly like you. So find someone who has a heart like you have and sit down with them, invest in each other so that you can sharpen each other in those ways that you disagree, right? Like maybe your excuse is that like, well, my personality isn't, it just isn't outward enough to build community. It's like, well, you can find one person to invite to have coffee with you. And I think sometimes we can get stuck there and let this be an encouraging message today that you can do it. That like the, the church forever has had the personalities that we all have. The church forever has had the challenges that we face and the church forever has found a way to get community out of it. So, yeah. so just set that excuse aside and allow the Lord to speak into you the confidence and, and uh, an understanding of, of who you are so that you can move in that way. I think an excuse to that, um, is really important that's on my heart is that uh, you don't, not everyone needs to be Catholic who you're in community with, right? That it, it, the, we are the body of Christ and the Lord is about to move in the church right now where he is drawing the Christian body together mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in an anti-gospel world, the, we have the ability to have fellowship with our Christian brothers and sisters in mm-hmm. a way that is unprecedented, right? Like, it, because now what draws us together is so much more significant than what separates us. Mm-hmm. And so wherever it is, whether it's college or like in your workplace, wherever you like, I mean, I, I find sometimes mm-hmm. I'm with like speaking to our Christian brothers and sisters and I'm like, man, I, I find so much fellowship with you, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a like-mindedness that is so deep and don't leave Catholicism, but reach across the table to have community. Yeah, well, and I think that goes back. I've mentioned this quote on on air before here, but Cardinal George, who says that the Catholic church has all the gifts that Christ desires for his people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's using all those gifts in the best way. And so there actually are things to learn in the gifts that we already have in the church from our brothers and sisters outside of the church in different Christian denominations. And so there, there are things to be gleaned there. I think that's wise. There's a lot of propositions, prepositions. Yeah. Cardinal George, I, I don't know if he wrote it exactly <laughs> like that, but I think I memorized the quote. Uh, anyway, um, maybe one, one more, uh, just really quick, just um, it, for people who have community, is there anything on your heart? Maybe one thing on, on out in up, maybe just an encouragement or a word. I have community. I'm coming here. I want something a little bit more for it. Just any yeah. encouragement there. Um, if, if you are critical or if you are, if you, if you sense criticism toward your experience, be the, be the change. Mm-hmm. Um, God's, God's placed you in relationships so that you can transform people. Mm-hmm. And so you can transform community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really easy to get jaded, especially when you're spending time with people. Yeah, right? definitely. So, so take advantage of those opportunities, not to fall into gossip, but to, but to ask myself, how can I, how can I be a force for transformation? That's really good. Dan? Yeah, I think, uh, out in and up is a great examination of conscience if you have Christian community. So if you already mm-hmm. have communities, just say, hey, are we pursuing the Lord hard enough? Are we going up as, as, as intense as we can? Are we going out as, as, 
as the Lord intends for us to? Mm -hmm. um, and are we diving in deep in? And mm -hmm. uh, is there balance there, right? Is there a healthy balance with, is our outward focus um, where God wants it to be? Is our inward focus where God mm -hmm. wants it to be? Is in our upward? And if you just, I think if a community uses that as an examination of conscience, you'll mm -hmm. always get better and you'll sharpen yourself as opposed to if community collapses, mm -hmm. if there's not a good balance of those things. Yep, I agree. That's awesome. Let's pray. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we were made for community because you are community. You are communion. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring us to yourself and show us how we could be better um, in the communities that we're in or how we could better uh, take steps to create the community you desire for us. Lord, we pray that if today's message was challenging to us, that we'd be able to sit with you and wrestle the things out with you. And we pray that if it was inspiring to us, that we would take the steps necessary immediately so that we can pursue you in greater ways from this point forward. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Talking about community today. If you know anybody in your life that could use this message, <laughs> that could use regular encouragement, we want to just invite you to subscribe, like, share, do all the things that can help us get this word to as many people as we possibly can. In addition to that, we want to thank our friends over at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. They make this podcast possible. They've been so amazing to us and we bless the Lord for them. We also bless the Lord for you and we'll look forward to seeing you next time here on Beyond.